This is the Reverend DeForest L. Raphael, and I am the pastor of the African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church on the Hill. We are located at 975 St. Nicholas Avenue between West 159th and 160th Street in the village of Harlem. I hope you enjoy this sermon. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy upon us. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy upon us. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy upon us. You heard the scripture lesson read for this morning, but I would like to read, if I might, the backstory, the eight verses that preceded verse 9 and 10. And then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the angels said to me, Do not weep. See, the Lord of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And this is where we end, where we end that and begin this, our text for the morning. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. For a few moments from this text, from this subject, a new song. And they sang a new song. 
a new song. First of all, let me begin by saying the book of Revelation is not intended to scare you. Although it is filled with fierce images and language that is often beyond our ability to quite understand, I want to humanize it for you today and to tell you that the book of Revelation is not intended to scare you. Although I must admit there are moments in the history of the church when that is exactly how the book was used. It is exactly how the book is used, but it was exactly not the intent of the writer or, the, or God. It is not intended to send you into <laughs> That's all right, brother. Let, let, let everybody take a moment to turn off their phone or mute it or take the battery out or throw it upside the wall or whatever you need to do. Uh, or give it to a six-year-old child and they'll be uh, right. They'll know what to do with it, right? Jameson? Would you tend to that, please? <laughs> he did look up, didn't he? That's all right, brother. Where is there, a, is there a, I bet you you could do something with that phone, couldn't you? Yeah, 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 go around and help that man with that phone. <laughs> okay, all right. But again, the book of Revelation is not intended to scare you. It is not intended to send you into some sort of apocalyptic fear. The book of Revelation is actually meant to comfort the believers. It is intended to say to us that God will not lose. Well. Revelation is about the believer's victory over the powers of death and empire. Mm -hmm. You should never be intimidated or afraid of the book of Revelation. Rather, you should always be reminded that Revelation is a written witness of the victory of God. The reason that this is important for us to say and to remind ourselves that we need to, because we need to free ourselves of the apprehension that so often compromise the true purposes of the writer and the authentic aim of God's message to God's people. I am so sick and tired of people taking the Bible to do it, whatever it was they want to do with it that ain't got nothing to do with Jesus, ain't got nothing to do with God. Try to shame people in ways in which the text was never intended. Try to enslave people as opposed to set them free. And so this is the reason why it is so important for me to stand before you, particularly with this book that has been so often misused in this way. It's important for us to say that. Revelation is, in fact, in need of redemption, or at least those who misuse it are in need of redemption. It needs to be redeemed from the machinations of people who have decided that they want to use it in a way that was not intended. But now let us reflect on the verse. And rather, and also let us reflect on the rather odd notion that heaven had a problem. Well, 
Now, you know, ordinarily we say heaven is a place where there's no more problems, no more ills, no more difficulties. But no, I want to spend a moment with you saying that indeed heaven had a problem. And this is the problem, that there was no one, as the story unfolds, that was worthy to open the book and break the seals. The significance of this notion is that heaven... And, and he's here every Sunday. <laughs> the significance is that heaven had a problem. And it speaks to the contradictions that heaven is problem free. Mm-hmm. We have this notion that heaven is beyond problems. It, it is a testament to the fact that heaven indeed had a problem. There was a clear dilemma that the book could not be opened. It sent a writer into a fit of anxiety, a fit of apprehension. In fact, as the text says, I wept and I wept when I realized that there was no one worthy to open the book. But while heaven had a problem, the beauty of this very moment is that heaven also had a solution. And the solution was the lamb. The lamb was able to open the book the Lamb of God who was slain and yet rose again on the third day. The Lamb took the book, broke the seals, and at that moment, there was yet another kind of a dilemma. So as soon as you solve one thing, you run up against another. And that dilemma was that heaven realized that it had no music to account for what had just happened. Clearly, it was a moment of celebration that when the, 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 the lamb opens the book and people cry aloud, they sing this new song. Uh, they sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons. And here's the love. I, I love this text. I love this part of it. You purchased with your blood for God persons from every tribe, every language every people and every nation you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth but you see that's that new song that they had to sing and that heaven realized that there was not song appropriate for that celebration clearly it was time to celebrate Because the book could now be opened and the seals broken and the wisdom of the ages and the commendation of God could now be rendered. Imagine if you came to church on Sunday morning and you couldn't open the book. Suppose the notion of what God has done in the world for God's people was somehow hidden and that you had no access to it. But because the commendations of God could now be rendered. This was clearly a moment of celebration. Mm-hmm. And as was most, and as with most celebrations, I don't know about you, but it ain't, a, it ain't no celebrations, there ain't no music, right? So heaven decided that there should be music, but it had no music that could adequately account for what had just happened. 
It had no music among the realms of its heavenly precincts. Imagine, imagine, you know, you've got, uh, I've got four or 5,000 songs on my iPhone. You got 50, 50 60,000 possible songs you can put. But imagine in all of the, the catalog of heaven, there was no song that could adequately capture the moment. God's playlist was somehow insufficient. Not only uh, was there no music to be found among, uh, among the precincts of the heavens, but there was no music to be found among the children of men and women to account for this moment. It is not as if heaven had never heard music before. Oh, truly. And not only had it heard music before, it had heard good music. Heaven had heard, Job said, when Job sang, the morning star sang a song of deliverance on the first day of creation. But that song was judged insufficient for the moment. The Bible said when Moses stood on the far side of deliverance, he looked back over the swirling waters of the sea and he sang, he is a man of war and the Lord God is his name. Moses sang that song, but that song was not sufficient for the time. That song would be sung, but it couldn't be sung at that moment. Heaven had heard when Jebel had been defeated and the stars in their courses had fought against Caesarea. Deborah sang, praise ye the Lord, but that, long, but that song was not good enough. Heaven had heard David sing, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But that song was not good enough for heaven. David... David had sung songs before, but none of the songs of David had, were sufficient. I will bless the Lord at all times, David sang, but that song was not sufficient. Even Mary sang, my soul doth magnify the Lord, but that song was not good enough. Even the music of that innocent moment was insufficient. After reviewing the musical catalog of heaven, the anthems, the compositions of the ages, all the melodies from the days said, from the time when God said, let there be light. None of them were sufficient for the moment. Well, In order to consecrate that moment, they needed a new song. They needed to sing a new song. And I want to tell you that there will be moments, indeed there are already moments, yeah. when God will take your life beyond the music that you know. When good things happen, when tremendous things take place, when blessings and protections and mercies are given, sometimes the music that you have been singing in the past is inadequate to account for, the, for what God wants to do with you right now. God may want to do something with you right now that the music that is in your mind is not quite sufficient but you got to lean on the Lord, and the Lord will give you a new song. The question is, and this is the question. The question is, is our capacity and our commitment to the generation of the possibility of new music and the singing of new songs, are we up to that? To present before the world, a melody, a, 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 a syncopation, a, a, a rhythm, a harmony that the world has never heard before? Are you prepared to sing that new song? Because some moments require original music. Mm -hmm. 
God is doing something in your life that requires a new song, one that the world has never heard before, one that you may have never heard before, but it's new music, not just big moments, those big magnificent moments, but, a, but every moment, like when you wake up in the morning, that's a brand new day. Yeah. You need to sing a brand new song uh -huh. for a brand new day. The songs that you sang yesterday will not suffice for the songs that you need to sing today. Just like the food you ate yesterday ain't going to do you no good today. The air you breathed yesterday is not sufficient for the air you need to breathe today. So the songs that you sang in yesteryear are not the songs for today. And you've got to find new songs. You've got to find new ways. You've got to find a new way to God that God may make his uh, 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 blessing alive and, and, and merciful in your, own, in, your own, in your own life. Each opportunity affords us to bear witness to God's grace. Let me pause to emphasize that this is not to suggest that the old music is bad. No, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm old school, so I like some of those old tunes. No, 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 the, the old tunes have their place. Mm -hmm. A good hymn will tell you what you believe. The anthems of old are essential to bearing witness to how we got over. The Negro spirituals reveal to us the theology of a people who have come up the rough side of the mountain and they have a song to sing and a story to tell. The old music recounts the steps that we have taken. The old music reminds us that even when we stumbled along the way, God picked us up. The old tunes have their place. But let us not be so enthralled with what is behind that we become that we blind ourselves to the possibility of the goodness that of God that lies ahead for us. Mm -hmm. Let our walk with God rather God's walk with us not be enshrined in the melodies and the rhythms of history and memory that they become, that somehow we become incapable of definitive novelty, the something brand new, something fresh, something unusual, something unique, something beyond cliche, something beyond the familiar. Because God wants to take you someplace that you may not know how to get there on your own, but if you just sing a little song, the Lord will open up a way. You know, this singing of a new song in this biblical moment is a powerful response to the triumph of the Lamb. Because you know, the struggle in your life, even though you feel it personally, and you sometimes can't get up in the morning and don't know how to do, believe me, the same God who quickened you yesterday, who knew that you needed food to eat and water to drink, and clothes on your back and a roof over your head and somebody who loves you, that same God that gave it to you yesterday will give it to you today. And the, and the, and the thanks that you give to what God did yesterday will not suffice for the thanks that you need to give God for what God is doing this day. This singing of a new song in this biblical moment is a powerful triumph, a powerful response to the triumph of the Lamb, a triumph of God over the powers of death dread and disease. The singing of this new song in this passage comes as the heavenly councils realize in their most astute moment what Christ has done. 
Oh, the depth of what Christ is doing in our lives, the depth of what Christ has always continued to do, not some superficial language, language that we often employ. You know how we say it so often. He died on the cross and rose from the grave. You know, we say it so often that it doesn't have the kind of power and the kind of punch. That language only begins to account for the deep mystery of the resurrection, the deep resonance, the kind of echo, the eons of echo and reverberation of the death and resurrection that that moment created. Heaven, Kevin began to surmise that the grandeur and the gravitas of the movement, the shaking and the quaking of that significance is where this new music comes from. And if you want to know where this new song, just walk a little bit. Just suffer a little set of consequences. Just, just hear some words that you don't have a response for. Or when you go see the doctor, the doctor kind of looks at you sideways and shakes his head. But then your grandmama said, well, Dr. Jesus is another doctor, and I'm going to go to that doctor for a second opinion. And what it is the Dr. Jesus has to say may overturn what the doctor told me. The shaking and the quaking of the significance of God in your life. The shaking and the quaking of the significance of what it is that God continued to do in our lives, often in spite of us. That's where this new music comes from. This new song, not a superficial song that we have heard over and over again. You know, you know not for nothing. I was dancing to a song. And my daughter said, Daddy, you know what the lyrics of that song is? You know, you start dancing and stuff, you ain't really paying attention to what's being said. She said, if you, if you knew what they were saying, you wouldn't be dancing to that tune, Daddy. I know. But, you know there's, but, but sometimes these things become so familiar that we're not even really thinking about what we were engaged in. So this is not some superficial thing, but a deep, powerful uh, thing that, 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 that can touch us and shake us. Some say... And they will say this, that great music comes from sorrow. They say you can't have great music without great suffering. And you know, there is something to this. I will not necessarily disagree. However, this passage suggests that new music comes from a place of joy and a place of wonder. That's where this, music, this new music is coming from. It's coming from a place of wonder, a place of grandeur. It comes from a sense of overwhelming gratitude. That is what God is doing every day in our lives, to give us reasons and justifications for new music, to be able to sing new songs in our marriages, to be able to sing new songs in our relationships with one another, to be able to sing new songs about what it means to be a child or what it means to be a parent. Oh, it's, it, it ain't easy being a parent and it ain't easy being a child. And I know that parents will look at you and say, well, what you know about this or what you know about that, that's grown folks. But I'm telling you, mama, when I'm 16 years old and I'm in love and the person who I thought I loved rejected me, don't tell me my pain ain't real. Don't tell me what you know about love. I know my heart hurts. I do know that. And so this thing that continues to come to us and continues to touch us, continues to remind us that God, what God is doing in our lives. I, I, I'm not going to disagree, but what I'm going to say that, that this new music comes in a different, 
and a different way to touch a different part of us. That is what God is doing every day in our lives, to give us reasons and justifications to sing this new song, to be able to sing new songs in our marriages, in our professional lives, in our lives as black people, to liberate us from the bondage of old ways of thinking, to liberate us from the bondage of an old tune that has been sung over and over again, so much so that I can't stand it anymore, to be able so that we can bequeath to ourselves the benefit and the wonder of being a surprise in our own eyes. Imagine being a surprise in your own eyes. The ability to sing a new song. Don't you want to sing a new song? The ability to do, to, to do so that comes as a relief to ourselves as we still possess the ability to do something special. You know, I don't care how long you are alive. As long as you are alive, you have another opportunity. Tomorrow will give you a brand new set of opportunities yeah, to do something yeah. that might surprise you, that you might even be able to surprise yourself. Mm -hmm. And that is a wonderful thing, to be able to know that even though the mundane aspect of my life seems to beat me down, every now and again, something can happen that reminds me that I am a unique individual with unique yes problems but unique opportunities yes i got problems but i also have possibilities and those possibilities give me an opportunity to sing a new song oh don't you want to sing a new yeah, song yeah. god is ultimately after all those things that happen in our lives from sunlight to rain from blessing to good news food on our plates and water in our cup yeah. it is to remind us of what we are capable of to say to us in the midst of it all my brother my sister you are still still capable of new music. Yeah. You can still sing new songs through difficulties and triumphs. You can still sing new songs. What will you do? Hmm? What will you do when life takes you beyond the music that you already know? What you gonna do with that? What would you do tomorrow if you had the greatest moment in your whole life? We're so lost in the struggle that we forget that there is a victory. And the purpose of this sermon, if there is any purpose at all, is to prepare us, mm -hmm. to prepare each of you, to prepare each of us, not just for the struggle, to but also to prepare us for the victory. When we win, we have an obligation to sing a new song. All right, all right. We ought to be trying to sing joyous songs. Ooh. When good things happen, we should be making new music, uh -huh. not just the suffering songs, not just the sorrow songs, the, the songs of sugarcane fields and cotton fields and tobacco plantations, plantations and the levees. We've got those songs. We know those songs. There will always be times for those songs to be sung. But our existence Black existence, human existence, is not just predicated upon suffering and sorrow. We are not just a blues people. We are not just Billie Holiday. We are also earth, wind, and fire. We don't just mourn with Bessie Smith and Ma Rainey. We shout joyous songs. We shout joyous songs with Stevie Wonder and Sly and the Family Stone. We, 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 are, we are a people of great perseverance and we are also a people of great triumph 
We need music for that too. And without both those songs, our presentation to the world, and yes, also our presentation to ourselves is incomplete. Oh, don't you want to sing some new songs? This is to suggest and to prepare us for the eventuality that life can take you to a good place. And like in heaven, when that happens, you'll need to find you a new song. Our music is inadequate for the greatness of what God is preparing us for. The songs of sorrow, yes, we sung them because we needed to help to get over the hardship, but God's got something else in store for you. And it's not sorrow, it's not, it's not suffering. God is fixing you for a brand new crown. God is putting you to a place where you'll be able to stand up and be able to proclaim, I am the Lord's and the Lord is mine. And you need to find a new song to sing when that begins to happen. Our music isn't adequate. Where God wants to take us is way too wonderful for the music that we already know. Oh, don't you want to sing a new song? New music calls on our ability to improvise. Oh, Lord, if we don't know nothing about it, if we don't know nothing about nothing else, we know about improvisation. It's, you know, like jazz is in heaven. Yes. Now, how do I know jazz is in heaven? It says because they sang a new song. They, 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 they riffed on an old melody, but they found a new song and they sung a song of triumph and glory to God in the highest. Jazz is now in heaven. They, they sang and don't you want to sing a new song? Heaven and earth and hell has never heard these songs before, but God's got a new song and you are the instrument through which that song will come. Your life is a testament to the fact that God can sing a new song and you can be the one who sings it. In fact, if you stand back wait long enough the song will sing you don't you want to sing a new song don't you want to sing a new song don't you want to sing a new song amen Extend the invitation to Christian discipleship. And that's when we ask you to join with us. We ain't where we're going. We're glad we're not where we started from. And so, what we wish for you to become a part of this family of folks who want to be new. Not a whole lot of us. But somewhere I read where two or three are gathered together in his name, he'll be in their midst. So if there's one that would come, come, give me your hand. Give God your heart as we sing this hymn of the church. Where God leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Let us stand and let us sing together. If there's one that will come, come.
If you enjoyed this sermon, if you have questions or just need a prayer, feel free to email us at amezionchurchonthehill at gmail.com. That's amezionchurchonthehill at gmail.com. We are located at 975 St. Nicholas Avenue between West 159th and 160th Street. You are always, let me repeat, always welcome here.